Welcome to Finding Legends. I am Misha Jufri. We are in the month of March. It is the new year of the ancient Romans and the peak of Pisces season. This episode is about appreciation for life and support systems. Now, the saying goes, no man, no man is an island. And this is especially true when you think about it in the context of babies, right? Their need for that parental love um babies and toddlers need people around them to be dependable loving nurturing right so it's nearing my birthday on saturday march 6th nation oh happy birthday to kithra as well and of course of course i'm thinking about my mother christine dupuy and the role she's played in my life there are other notable mentions like my sister nella but my mom she laid it all on the line she just you know so today I want to celebrate her and so she will be our guest for this podcast. Yeah, mm -hmm. Christine is coming through on the podcast. Special thanks to my co-executive producer and editor, Siobhan Smith. And also thank you to Digicel, the sponsor of this podcast. Welcome back to the Finding Legends podcast. The book of the week is... Trevor Noah, Born a Crime, hands down one of my favorite books ever. This man ate caterpillars for dinner, was thrown from a moving car by his mother to avoid an attempted kidnapping. He's so honest in this book and it's such a captivating read. It is a must get. Trevor Noah's unlikely path from apartheid South Africa to the desk of the Daily Show began with a criminal act. His birth. Trevor was born to a white father and a black mother at a time when such a union was punishable by five years in prison. Living proof of his parents' indiscretion, Trevor was kept mostly indoors for the earliest years of his life. Bound by the extreme and often absurd measures his mother took to hide him from the government that could, at any moment, steal him away. Finally, liberated by the end of South Africa's tyrannical white rule, Trevor and his mother set forth on a grand adventure, living openly and freely and embracing the opportunities won by centuries-long struggle. Get the book. Get the book, okay? Trevor Noah, Born a Crime is the book of the week. It's now time for the interview with my lovely mom, Christine. Hello. Hi. How are you? Good. Good. All right. So I wanted to have you on this episode because I wanted to talk to you as my mom, find out a bit more about you. I think you have a very interesting life. You were able to transition from... Uh, a cleaner to the manager of the dialysis unit um you are a mother you have three children like tell me describe your childhood to me <laughs> um it was an interesting childhood grew up in uh in the um rural community of um, ben's dominica like all other children in the village, we played outside, we shower outside, we had no um, inside um, bathroom and, and the basic things. 
we cooked on firewood outside. Um, so it was the regular um, country style kind of grow up. Eventually, as an adult, I moved out from Anguilla. I moved away from Dominica to Anguilla. And um, with my young children, two young daughters, um, seven and five. And there, I knew at that time that I did not have a choice to be comfortable. I had to work um, and work hard to create a life for them. Um, moving from a country where you're comfortable to somewhere where you're unknown is basically um, beating the odds, fighting whatever, through whatever obstacles. And um, I did it. Yes, I started off as a cleaner. I cleaned the, the high school, the banks, um, mainly the National Commercial Bank, um, mm. the government buildings, and uh, private, private homes. homes yeah. So I was moving from one place to the next to um, make ends meet. Um, but I always knew in the back of my head, I always knew all the time that I wanted to do better, not just for me, but create a better life for my kids. And again, I did not want my daughters to feel comfortable with um, mediocre. It's nothing wrong in being a cleaner, but I did not want that to be the example that they were to follow. I believe in um, education being the, the key and uh, you always need something that you can fall back on. So as a cleaner, I made and at the time, I can say I made good money doing that. I was able to provide comfortably for my kids, have them in school, buy my own car for the first time. Yes, it was exciting when that happened. I remember that car, two-dog Yes, two-dog green, silica car. It was my thing, you know. I was very happy I was able to buy my first car. I could pay my rent comfortable and leave comfortable. But that wasn't what I wanted to do. I always wanted to be a nurse. Even when I was in Dominica, I tried several times to get into the nursing profession and um, most times I was unsuccessful, but I knew in my mind that I wasn't going to stop. So when the opportunity came, I applied to different places and I got accepted at the Fitzroy Bryant College in St. Kitts. I was happy for the opportunity. I remember selling everything that I had in my apartment. Um, I called my aunt who lives in Canada, very excited about the news. And she played a big part because she provided me with the first year of tuition payment. Um, that was very, you know, that was, um, I was very thankful to her for that. And so I made my mind that um, with the little I have and what was given to me, I wasn't going to fail. So I went to St. Kitts with one thing in mind, passing and doing well. After three years, I graduated top of my class, came first in my class, got the best award for the nursing division in that year. 
and came back to Anguilla and started working at Hughes Medical Center and later at the hospital where I'm at. While I'm at the hospital, while working at the hospital where I am now, Princess Alexandra Hospital, I'm always looking for um, growth. So I look at the areas where I think that I can grow more in. And so I started first by doing a degree in nursing because I graduated with an associate, but at that time that's what they offered, the associate degree in nursing. And then I went, I did the bachelor's of nursing at the University of the West Indies. And um, after that, I was transferred, within that time, I was transferred to the dialysis unit. And I worked in every area in the hospital, but for some reason, I enjoyed the experience in the dialysis unit. And being there for so long, I just decided to specialize in that area. So I did a certificate in nephrology nursing with the Humber College in Canada. And at that time, opportunity arose and I applied for a position. And now I am the manager of the, well, nurse, nephrology nurse manager of the dialysis unit where I'm responsible for the overall function of the unit. The staff who is... Um, assigned to that unit and all the patients that are there. It's an experience that I enjoy. Um, I look forward to going to work on a daily basis. I have the support of a good um, nursing director. All right. Um, so tell me, you've been a very strong support system for me, um, my siblings, Tell me about the support system that you had growing up. Would you say that you had a very strong support system? I had a very strong support system, but in a different way. Um, for me, if I were to look at the way I raised my kids and the way that I was raised, it was a little different. I was raised with my grandparents and in her way or in their way, they instill whatever they could. Their thing was to be a provider. So they provided for my daily um, means, my mm. life. How, shoes on your foot. They ensure that I had food and um, I was able to go to school and church. whatever, church. But <laughs> those were the things that they, support, they did. That was how they, that was what they knew. Um, what is different is the way I raise my kids. Being a support and a provider to me is different because mm. I could have provided them with the same food and the same clothes and allow them to be, allow them to grow anyhow. Mm. So if you make it in life, you make it mm. if they don't. But what I instill in my kids, the support that I gave, the, the constant talking, the mm -hmm. constant motivation, the constant pushing, I would have liked if that was, um, I had that kind of support growing up. Yeah. And I'm not saying that it was bad. I'm just saying that my grandparents didn't know better. Oh. So that's the best that they could. So that's the support they gave. Mm -hmm. And it's just that as we grow, we learn different ways of doing things. So we instill different values in our children. 
you lost your mom at a very young age. Are you comfortable to talk about that? Yeah, um, I lost my mom when I was probably about 12 or 13. And um, I'm comfortable to talk about it because she wasn't someone that I had known really. My mom was never a part of my life. She left when, according to my grandparents, I was only three months old when she moved to Guadeloupe. And I don't think she gave me up because she wanted to. At that time, she did not have a choice. She wanted a life and she could not do it with a child. Mm -hmm. So she had to leave me with my grandparents in order to get a better life. What I would have liked is if she had at least, you know, come back during the time, mm. but she never visited, visited but yeah. she never visited. I only knew her or saw her for the first time in my life when I was 10 years old. And so our relationship, ten. I don't 10, that. and our relationship was very strained. Mm. You know, we never had a, a close relationship. So she would have died a few years after. And a few years mom. after she died um, from breast cancer, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Did that take a lot of healing? Not really. Okay. It did not because, uh, as I said, I I was never, we, were ne we never had a relationship. So yeah. although it affected me in a way that just knowing that I lost my mom, mm -hmm. And I guess when I grew older and I had children, mm -hmm. this was the time I wish my mom was around because I kept ah. saying, I wish my kids would know my mother. I mm -hmm. wish they had known my mother. Maybe by that time, we probably would have developed a different relationship because mm -hmm. she has my grandkids and, yeah. you know, so, yeah. yeah. Um, Do you think about, um, I know your grand. Your my or great grandparents, your grandparents, they passed away. Your mom passed away. Do you think about them when you accomplish these really cool things, like graduating from nursing school and become the dialysis manager? Do you reflect on on that loss at all? I don't reflect on the loss. Mm. I just wish that my grandparents they were around to celebrate yeah. with me because, as I said, they were not. Um, they were supporters, yes, they were providers, but I know they always wanted the best for me and all their other children. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I know that they would have been happy and I wish they were there that they could celebrate and for me to be able to give back mm. to them what they did for me, yeah. you know. Are you about to cry? Yeah. Oh, okay. Are you okay? What is making you like what is making you so emotional? Oh don't cry, mom. Then you can make all of us cry. <laughs> what happened? I guess just talking about my grandparents. Yeah. Oh, it makes you emotional. Daddy Nick mm -hmm. and Mother Silomi. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now we're both crying. Go bye bye makeup. <laughs> Alright. Um yeah, I think the emotions are representative of the type of life that you've had and how much you've been able to accomplish in your time. Mm -hmm. um, and even in recent years, I am proud of you because you represent strength, you represent 
um, not only strength for yourself, but strength for the persons around you. And I know that that's, that's a lot to carry on a day to day. Not to even make it more emotional, but right now, um, I know you've been having a really tough night, like last night. Mm-hmm. You're very heavy. I realize you're just in the room restless. You kept coming out because there's a criminal case with the family right now. The mm-hmm. details are not important, but mm-hmm. that's weighed very heavy on you. Like, mm-hmm. how have, how are you feeling about that? And what has all of that taught you, sort of, about yourself and your family and life as a whole? Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, that case has been pending for the last four and a half years. And to be honest, I am restless because I am happy that it's finally coming to a close. It's like carrying a load. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It's like therapy, isn't it? It's like um, carrying a heavy load Mm -hmm. and you finally get to, you are reaching the point where you can finally rest it down, Mm -hmm. put down the load and breathe. And um, it's not something that I am happy about, but I am happy it's coming to an end. And I just hope that um, maybe by the time this hit the airwaves that um, justice will be served. Mm. It's hitting today. So maybe hopefully by the time most people have listened next Mm -hmm. justice will be served. Justice will be served. Because um, why is it so emotional? Because it's something that I had to deal with myself mm-hmm. as a child. So, um, yeah. It hits deep. It hits deep. I've I've done it. We've done it. You've sat with me and we spoke. Mm-hmm. And you're very honest and open. And I appreciate you for coming and talking to me under these very hot conditions to try to get this song proofing <laughs> right although it wasn't perfect. it didn't go right it went good enough look at that just wait wow see this is us on a day to day okay i think that you're an amazing Hill woman cut. and you've been um a phenomenal mother so i just wanted to thank you with my birthday coming up i wanted to take a moment and thank you on the podcast for taking care oh no i'm i don't want to (laughs) cry i don't want to cry for the continuous grace and your unfail for your continuous grace and your unfailing love like i love you i love you i love you so thank you thank you for having me and as you know even from as far as I can remember, I have always been um, your greatest fan. If that's even, if that's a celebrity kind of word to use, your fan. Like everybody have a music and they, they say thanks to the fans. Well, I have always been <laughs> one of your biggest fans, one of your biggest supporters. Yeah. And I wish you well going forward. You have the whole world ahead of you. 
Um, you have your whole life ahead of you. You take advantage of the opportunities that are given to you and you make it work to your advantage. We've struggled throughout life. And if you see a way to make it better and easier for yourself, grab and take hold of the opportunity. Don't, don't lose it. Don't lose sight of what you want to accomplish. Stay focused and work towards your goal. You want to become somebody bigger, somebody better. You want to be an example to others. You want to be a leader. And so you always keep that in your head. I want people when they look at me that they want to be like me. And there's always somebody that you can mentor from. So you keep that mentor in your mind and you say, I want to be like that person. And you work towards growing. You never stop growing. And even when you've accomplished what you want to accomplish, you still never stop because there's always room for growth. There's always room to be better. And as they always say, you never forget where you come from. And if you can help somebody along the way, you help. Stay humble. Stay grateful all the time. Pray without ceasing and keep your goal at the forefront of your head and work towards it all the time. You can never do nothing without praying. So constantly, doesn't matter, maybe you may not be the one to always go down on your knees, but keep it in your mind every step you take. Thank you, Lord, for this day and constantly asking for guidance and growth and nothing is impossible. Some people, the cliche, reach for the stars. There's always something beyond the stars. So reach as far as you can. Just keep climbing and um, forget the deterrence. They're going to be little um, hearsays and deterrence along the way. You just stay focused. And I don't think that there's nothing that you cannot accomplish. And always remember, you have two sisters. You have a niece and a nephew. Keep them in your mind all the time and constantly look back for them. Well, you do have one, two sisters, I only have brothers too. But... <laughs> That's a word from my mother, y'all. Thank you for your, <laughs> thank you for your words of wisdom, mommy, and your yeah. honesty, your transparency, your love, your support. Like if I have half of the height you have, <laughs> I'll be fine. Mm. I'll be fine. You so will be fine. <laughs> but I don't want you to have my hat. All right, we're gonna stop there. Thank okay. you, guys. <laughs> All right, come along. Join me in the inspirational corner. Mom, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you. All right. Okay, now join me in the inspirational corner. Uh, my family and I may have a moment of honesty. Uh, we're in the middle of a criminal case right now, the details of which I will not disclose. And it's it's not easy. You have to learn to deal with with trauma like this, and it takes time. And of course, it's not okay to to feel bad when something like this happens. That's very difficult. But we've come to understand through experience as a family unit that the only thing we cannot do and refuse to do is dwell in anger and mistrust because that helps no one in the long term. Ultimately, we want to have the best quality of life. And so we're pushing forth on that 
mission towards that mission um, on a daily basis. Um, because no one else deserves that energy. No one else. Have you ever realized how much fatigue is in anger? You ever got really upset, really riled up? What happens after losing your temper? Exhaustion. Because it is the quickest energy thief there is. Anger will just dry you out and have you really, really tired. Let's listen to this word from T.D. Jakes about trauma, triggers, and triumph. I want to talk to you about trauma, triggers, and triumph. Trauma, triggers, and triumph. The word trauma is often used in hospitals to describe the severity of an injury. When a psychologist uses the word trauma, it is to describe an event or an incident and the degree to which it has damaged the soul. Some of us are so busy trying to manage the expression of the trauma that we never resolve the trauma. And then a trigger comes along. Triggers can be subtle and difficult to anticipate. The moment it triggers, boom, it takes you right back. It could have been 20 years ago, but it takes you back. They that live godly shall suffer trauma, persecution. You're going to go through certain things. Certain things are going to happen, and our faith is proven in how we recover. You can't have triumph without conflict. You can't be a winner if you're not in a fight. Sometimes triumph is just being here. <laughs> triumph just says I'm still here. Triumph says I made it. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to look out for upcoming episodes next week. And I hope that you have enjoyed listening to this podcast. And I'll catch you soon. Bye.